Welcome to the Sermon Amp Podcast. I'm Joseph Wheat, pastor and host, and today we're going to be looking back at a devastating piece of the full armor of God, the sword of the Spirit. But stick around for the second segment of the podcast, and you'll hear our first remote interview with the country of Columbia. We'll be talking to Nate Bonham, our dear friend, kind of a relative, family member of Highlands, and a very effective missionary in Columbia. But first, let's go back for the sermon amp or amplification of Ephesians 6.17, the sword of the Spirit. And take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. We need to understand how devastating on our enemy the word of God is and how building up of ourselves and God's kingdom, this incredible piece of the full armor of God, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, the sword given by the Spirit, the sword empowered by God the Holy Spirit, meaning there's no limitations, which is the rhema, the breathed out Word of God, Remember, God breathed out words, let there be, and the world was created. This sword of the Spirit protects us by leading us deep into an understanding of the great provision of Christ and the Lord in our lives and having all we need when Satan tempts us. As we are in the Word of God, we are better able to say no. But it also sharpens our ability to discern good from bad, um, even between uh, that which is a little better and that which is really best. But the sword also equips us. You know, all Scripture, 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is God-breathed and profitable useful for teaching, correction, reproof, and training in the way of righteousness, that the man of God may be fully equipped for every good work. The Word of God, read, thought about, that's just what meditation means, thinking about it, under preaching, under teaching, Christian conversation, just more input of the Word of God equips us for life, for the kingdom, and for the battle. But it is that gospel part of the Word of God that is the, quote, power of God unto salvation to those who believe. So just the idea of the Word being the sword given by and empowered by the Spirit, which is the breathed out powerful Word of God, combine that with the gospel being at the center of God's Word, Christ, the central figure, and salvation and God's people and kingdom coming, the central theme. When you put that power that exists in the word with the power of the gospel together, which they go together, watch out. We need the word of God to be able to fight the spiritual war. And then lastly, this idea that it's that sword that wins. Christ is pictured as being on the throne with the sword coming out of his mouth in Revelation 19, 15, and he strikes down the nations with this sword and rules them with a rod of iron. This is the very power of the word of God that created the world 
and that wraps up this time and gives way to a new heavens and new earth, guess what? We have the same word of God. So if we're going to be equipped to live in the kingdom, if we're going to be equipped for the battle, let's take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Welcome to the second segment of the podcast. I am here with a dear friend is one of our effective missionaries, kind of a family member of Highlands and a lot of other things that you're going to find out about. Nate Bonham, welcome to the Sermon Ant podcast. Thank you, Joseph. I appreciate you having me. You're welcome. Listen, we want to start today by saying um, I've known you for quite some time. Nate was in seminary here. He is married to Nikki, who is formerly Nikki Travis, and we'll talk about his family in a little bit. But um, I remember you being a very faithful seminary student at Reformed Theological Seminary. I remember us uh, knocking out some walls uh, around Highlands and you working with your father-in-law and a part of that demolition team. And I always loved having you around here. But I also remember you being a great intern and then a staff member at our sister church up the road, Madison Heights. So, Nate, uh, why don't you start with just you, if you don't mind. Tell us a little bit about your upbringing, where you're from, and, uh, and then we'll finally get to the country of Columbia, where you serve. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I kind of grew up all over, but claimed Chattanooga, Tennessee as home. That's where I graduated uh, high school. And then uh, late in high school is actually when I met Nikki um, through a, um, a youth retreat. Uh, we met through there, and she introduced me to the to the PCA and really to the Reformed faith. Um, so the Lord used her as an instrument to to really bring me to those convictions and to bring me into the PCA. And uh, yeah, we ended up um, eventually getting to to college together. She started off at Mississippi State, but uh, I was able to convince her to join me up at Middle Tennessee State, uh, right outside of Nashville. Oh, yeah. So we were, we were there, finished up school, and then headed back to Jackson. And um, the reason for that was to, to start a home-building business, working with my father-in-law, but also because we, we heard that uh, Highlands, as well as uh, two other churches, were coming together to, to plant another church in Madison. And uh, we wanted to be a part of that. Well, I did not know you guys met in high school. I Yay. Uh, when, when Nikki uh, began to uh, kind of open <laughs> theology. And um, so, Nate, um, y'all got married and you're here working in the home building industry. You're going to be mm -hmm. going to seminary and y'all yeah. have had a few children on the way. Would you tell us about your family and from just the perspective of your kids? They are great, by the way, y'all. Sure. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. Um, yeah, so when uh, I was finishing it up seminary at uh, RTS out of Jackson, um, I think it was my final semester, we had our twin boys, um, which was really fun trying to do ordination exams and all that with, uh, you know, twin little ones in the house and trying yeah. to manage that. And uh, yes, yeah, so we were already in the process with MTW at that point. 
Um, and then in 2012, uh, you know, I guess we'll talk about this in a little bit, but got to the field. Um, we started off in uh, Bogota, Colombia. And that next year, 2013, we were matched through our adoption agency with uh, Luis. And we flew to a city called Cali in uh, Colombia and uh, picked him up. So Luis is 11 years old. Um, and then our twin boys, Noah and Barrett, they are 10, uh, getting ready to turn 11 themselves uh, next week, actually. Well, you guys are great parents. We love being with your family. Nikki, growing up at Highlands, uh, John and Marguerite, Travis, just a part of that original group of Highlands folk right there mm -hmm. toward the beginning. Yep. And she really, God really opened her heart to missions uh, at a young age. I know I heard her talk about that and mm -hmm. I don't remember how old she was, but it was really young and she kind of just had this big heart for missions. And uh, she's really, she really fits the bill. I'll tell you for, uh, for a missionary, you, <laughs> Absolutely. Guys, you guys are both um, filled with faith. I've noticed this. Uh, Y'all are flexible enough to get into other cultures. And uh, Nate, you're a good leader. Nate, Nate's one of these really consistent, consistent kind of sticking with it, very directional leaders. And I think that on the mission field, you got to be able to stick with it and, and, and really keep going while being flexible. Yeah. Yeah. With, uh, yeah, Nikki, Nikki's journey started uh, a lot sooner than mine did for sure. And uh, really, that was because the through Highlands, through the missions committee, they uh, invited her on short term trips. Um, so one of the trips she took to Jamaica when she was 11 was really life changing for her. But um, even beyond that, the, the missions committee allowed her to actually be on the committee itself and to, yeah. to serve in, in that manner, which is uh, not too common, but was a huge blessing in her life. And uh, the Lord used that as an instrument as well, for sure. Yeah, we need to get some more junior high people on our missions uh, committee, uh, you know, especially if they've got, you know, king in their eyes and filled with faith. Why we why not? Why can't we take countries for Christ? You know, we need some of that. Exactly. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. So y'all had that uh, time at our sister church up the road, Madison mm -hmm. Heights, and yep. uh, you did a great job there, too. Nate and I met quite frequently and. We've always just had a very close relationship with Nate and Nikki and their family. Mm -hmm. um, but then initial going out to the mission field, tell us what, where you went and kind of let's, let's explore that a little bit. Yeah. So our, our journey took a little while, um, mainly because we initially felt the Lord leading us in that direction early in our marriage, but, but didn't know the timing of that, whether it would be um, immediately or whether it would be what, what MTW calls second career. So after retirement, you know, a uh, uh, couple family and individual would go to the field. We didn't know what that looked like, but as we got more experience um, at Madison Heights, we were able to go to, to RTS. Um, just those experiences, the Lord uh, seemed that uh, seemed to make it clear it was sooner rather than later. So we, you know, at that point we had no idea where we were going and uh, we contacted MTW, uh, took a couple vision trips. Um, initially, we actually thought we were headed towards the Philippines. Uh, we took a trip out there and, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to discern where the Lord's leading you with that yeah. because we didn't feel a particular call to a particular place or to a particular people. And 
Um, the Lord closed that very clearly um, just a couple of weeks after our vision trip because uh, MTW turned all the ministry over to the nationals. So that made it very clear to us. And um, we began to have a pool towards Latin America and took a, a few trips down there. And we did something a little bit out of the ordinary in that we told MTW we wanted to start a new team, but we didn't know where yet. And they allowed us to go ahead and head to South America and start language school. And, uh, in Colombia, right? In Colombia. In, in Colombia. So they allowed us to do language school. And while we were doing that, figure out what that next step was, which is a little bit out of the ordinary, but uh, things worked out really well taking that approach. Well, I want to point out a few things from what you just told us. There are folks mm -hmm. that are going to be in the listening audience of this podcast who, uh, A, love to support missions, um, think about world evangelization and the extension of the church uh, mm -hmm. in other cultures. But then there are people who have considered missions or, you know, one of their relatives, a, a, a daughter or a son or a grandchild or something is considering missions. Yeah, I think what you just said is pretty important that you didn't have to have the pieces in place, some vision that was all filled out. You guys didn't even know, quite know where you were going. And that was OK. I, mm -hmm. I think that's really important. And you all just kind of stuck with a let's let's get more information. Let's make some discoveries. Let's use discernment. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that you just had that heart and MTW. Mission to the World, for those of you that uh, don't know, that's the, the mission sending agency of the PCA. Mm -hmm. They're very good at working with, with you to help you know, place you on the mission field. And yeah. I have to say, Nate, the, that must have been the easiest ask for support in the history of missions. Uh, Nate and Nikki <laughs> Bonham asking the missions committee that she used to serve on, could you guys support me to mm -hmm. be a missionary? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was really neat, um, you know, for us to, to come to Highlands and to, to ask for support. And it was, uh, really a, a time of celebration and tears after a, you know, a long journey, um, was, was just very joyous. So that, 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 that was a delightful ask. Some of them, <laughs> you know, you're a little nervous about, but that one was very, uh, very delightful for sure. Yeah. Cause you get, you get several no's along the way for each yes. <laughs> you do, you do. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you got you got to have pretty thick skin to be a missionary and and raise support. I've always admired that aspect yeah. of what you guys do. I, I also admire the cross cultural aspect of it, mm -hmm. uh, just the patience and um, you know just to be able to live in another culture. Yeah. Uh, I do want to say um, for our audience today, Highlands has always had an incredible heart for missions. What, what you would call fewer missionaries deeper. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and we try to support more than one missionary in a given location so that we can take trips, we can know them, have them in here. And um, it, it, in, when we built our new sanctuary five years ago, I guess, um, mm -hmm. we did not pause, we did not back down at all on missions. In fact, we decided to keep going on missions during the COVID year, we just decided we're just going to trust God for missions. And, and it, uh, there's yeah. an excitement about world missions here, and we want to foster more of that. Now, Nate, uh, mm -hmm. you guys went to Peru after Colombia. Tell us what you did in Peru, and then I'm going to get you to where, where you are currently and what mm -hmm. y'all are doing. Sure. Yeah. So we... 
Uh, like I mentioned, we started in uh, Bogota, Colombia uh, for language school. We were there a little over a year. Um, during that time, um, long story short, uh, we, we felt led to, to go to a city called Arequipa, Peru. Um, so a city of uh, about a million, 200,000, something along those lines, Peru's second largest city. We went there um, and as is typical, not just for missions, but really all of ministry is we went in there with certain expectations and uh, the Lord very clearly showed us uh, that we were going to do what he wanted and not what uh, what we wanted. So and, a mid-course adjustment becomes very important in missions. Mm, oh, absolutely. Many, many uh, course adjustments are necessary. And in that particular case, we, we had the desire to go down to, to start a new team, to, to plant churches, um, to move in that direction. And um, where the Lord ended up leading us is that we um, ended up working really in the area of church revitalization. So it was a mix of working uh, with a congregation that was Presbyterian and Reformed, but it also um, over the years opened up relationships with uh, churches coming out of the prosperity movement that were trying to first understand what the gospel of Jesus Christ was, but then figure out how to, uh, to, to build the local church upon that foundation. Um, so it was yeah. really, re really revitalization work that we did there, along with uh, a seminary that we launched for theological education. You know, that prosperity uh, movement, it's pretty strong in America, too. Basically, you know, if you can dream it, you can have it. You ask God for whatever you want. And you shouldn't be ever sick or, or poor or, or um, you know, you should be happy all the time. And uh, mm -hmm. that kind of takes a, a culture by storm yeah. until until years later, people look around and realize that's really not reality. Mm -hmm. You know, to follow a suffering servant savior, Jesus mm -hmm. said we're going to suffer. He didn't say that everything was going to be just what the way we wanted to be all the time. I've heard that in different places in the third world and in some of the second world places mm -hmm. that the prosperity movement, there are people coming out of that now kind of becomes in its worst form, another gospel, very mm -hmm. consumeristic. Of course, all of us struggle with consumerism in our sure. Christianity, yeah. but um, it's neat to see uh, in your work that folks were coming out of that asking, what is this real gospel of Jesus? And, Teach mm -hmm. us the word of God. I know you, you're a really fine teacher, Nate, a good preacher. And, um, but I thought that, I, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was really what gave us kind of uh, energy to keep going down there was just seeing how the, how the spirit was moving. And um, really that's, that's what we see taking place um, across Latin America. Um, you know, we get a lot of comments, very direct or maybe not as direct, thinking we've already reached Latin America. Why in the world are we sending missionaries there? And that's, that's the reason, um, you know, there's been a false gospel imported into Latin America and really uh, the U S uh, is, is the one to blame for that. We've exported this prosperity stuff and we've, we've said it's sufficient for our brothers and sisters in Christ in Latin America. And, yeah. uh, and it's not, so we're, we're, yeah, we're trying to see change there. And for the uh, the audience, just to give you a name, a uh, Kenneth Copeland mm -hmm. would be uh, an, an example of the kind of theology we're talking about. So, Nate, you guys actually started a seminary as well in Peru, and then kind of take us to wrapping up, wrapping up in Peru, mm -hmm. and um, and making your way to Colombia. 
And then I want to talk about the time you've been here in the last year. Yeah. After that. Okay. Um, yeah, so, it's, so we did. We launched uh, Seminario Biblico Reformado uh, in Arequipa, and it really grew, grew faster and much larger than, than we expected, um, even in the, the first year of existence. Um, and it, it was calls for celebration, but it was also calls for us to, to kind of look up and to see what, what the Lord was doing long term with that. Um, because as the seminary grew, um, more local churches, more local pastors became involved. Um, so what that did um, was really created a dynamic where um, it would have been very difficult to, to church plant um, because it, it more or less would have been sheep stealing. And obviously as missionaries, that's not what we're there for. We want to yeah. we want to see nationals pastoring, leading their own churches and, and seeing growth there. Yeah. So the Lord kind of used that time to, to make us look up and um, consider changing fields to, to where the, the church wasn't growing, um, where there wasn't a, a reformed, uh, perhaps Presbyterian presence. And uh, that's when we started looking, uh, looking outside of Arequipa. So the, the growth of the, the seminary was both a blessing in that we saw that growth, but it also made us um, have to consider changing fields at that point so we could kind of start afresh. Yeah. Okay. little lightning round here, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Um, right off the top of your head, Nate, what are mm -hmm. the three hardest things about missions and the three Oof. most surprising things? Yeah, I know you hate this kind of stuff, <laughs> but just do your best, okay? Yeah, sure. Three, so three... Uh, three hardest th things, three most surprising, or maybe a, a, the most surprising thing, and maybe the three uh, most fun things. How about that? Well, we'll give you an easy one. Okay. Uh, three difficult. Um you know, obviously being apart from, from friends, from, uh, from family, things like that, you, you're just always going through different life stages. So trying to do that from a distance is very yeah. difficult. Um, you know, there, we are a, um, we raise support as missionaries. There's always this, this pull to, to get on, to put on a, a good persona to, to show yeah. all the, all the positive things that are taking place. And it, you know, sometimes you have to keep yourself in check and, and share some of the more difficult areas, some of the failures and things like that, which we've tried to be faithful and show in both sides. Um, number three, missing that uh, that Southern cooking. That's always a difficult <laughs> one as well. So. OK, what, what about a couple? What are some of the fun things? Fun things. Um, you know, we we as challenging as it is, it is. Uh, fun living in a different culture. Um, we enjoy, we love Latin culture. Um, getting to, to know people through different cultures, through different languages is a joy. Um, I would definitely put that as one. Um, number two, you know, we get to, we get a front row um, to a lot of the things that you hear in the pews at churches in the U.S. about missions, about yeah. the expansion of the kingdom. We actually get to get to see that. We get to be a part of those stories. And, uh, and that's, that's, a, that's a joy. Um, let's see a third one. Um, yeah. Getting to connect with the U S church. You know, this is an example of that. How can we serve the, the U S church and get them more engaged in, in global missions is definitely a passion and something we enjoy doing. Hey man, you are that, that methodical leader, directional leader, but you're that, that was, that was quite heady for you to be able to just, you know, spontaneously generate those <laughs> answers, man. That was impressive. He did Good not job. send me the answers or the questions ahead of time. I did not so, send so the make answers. that clear. 
Okay. <laughs> the answer is either. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about your sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nikki Travis Bonham mm-hmm. is the sister of Lacey Travis Madden. For yeah. those of you in our audience, um, she just passed away. Um, I don't know how many weeks ago now I'm losing track. Maybe a month and four days ago, actually. Yeah, okay. Just mm-hmm. a little bit over a month ago. I had it a little bit longer than that. Yeah. After a four-year battle with brain cancer, geoblastoma, brain mm-hmm. tumor. Yeah. Maybe maybe one of the mo- three most amazing believers I've ever been around. I, I, I learned so much from her mm-hmm. and, and Brad, frankly. Yeah. I say he's got the broadest shoulders of anybody I've ever met. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. yeah and, um, and y'all have walked with them, Nikki uh, and Janie, the other mm-hmm. sister, Janie and Aaron live in, in Austin and we yeah. love them. We love all these Travis people. And but um, <laughs> y'all walked very well from a distance and COVID brought you back. And so for 14 months, Mm-hmm. Um, the Bonhams were here and God, y'all were going to have that time with Lacey and Nikki was going to have that time with Lacey. And, and personally for me, one mm-hmm. of the blessings is Nate needed an office and he <laughs> office three doors down the hall at Highlands, uh, from me and from Brad Mercer mm-hmm. loved every day of having you here with us. And we miss you, yeah, uh, here on the second floor at Highlands. But could you just take us into that journey with, with Lacey? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, four years ago is when it started and really from, from day one, it it was one of those things where, um, you know, you're, you're pretty much forced to, to put your faith in the Lord's provision but one thing we struggled with was the Lord's timing. And that was really a, a struggle for us, um, you know, to the point where when you get news like that, that the, the pull is to, to go home, to go back to family, to help out in any way you can. Um, and there's some, you know, there's some guilt in, in being separated from that. But really it was, um, uh, it was, you know, Lacey herself that just kept telling us, no, you need to be on the field. You need to be on the field. So every time we would come back and, and visit, um, you know, she would be the one making sure we got back on that plane and went to the field. So, you know, really, that was a that was a huge part of us being able to do that. Um, I'd say another part was um, over the four years, seeing how how Highlands really just wrapped their arms around the family. I mean, to the point of providing meals several times a week for almost the full course of that four years and just so many people reaching out to them um, was encouragement for us because it, it was the church doing what the church should do. And that that actually allowed us to, to minister better down here, knowing that their family was being cared for. Um, and then finally, just watching as people ministered to her and and to Brad and to all the family, seeing how the Madden family really ministered to so many people um, as, you know, they were very bold in, in sharing their testimony um, through a, a, a whole host of means, whether it were talks with churches or conferences yeah, or Facebook you know, page. Facebook, yeah, all those things were huge. Love so. for Lacey is the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Love for Lacey. 
Yeah, I mean, it's reached thousands and thousands of people. So all of those things kind of came together, which allowed us to really to, to stay on the field and keep being able to remind ourselves that we're right where the Lord wants us. And that's what even continues to get to carry us even even today. Well, and, and watching y'all have that time with Lacey and Brad and then that sweet cousin time with their kids and your kids, yeah. uh, that was fun to see as well. But uh, and by the way, y'all can uh, look, see Lacey's funeral at HighlandsPCA.org, mm-hmm. along with a testimony that she gave about a year and a half ago that was incredible in yeah. church. Yeah. Uh, also, the Love for Lacey uh, Facebook page. Um, it's really worth uh, taking a look at that. Mm-hmm. Nate, how could how could people find you and, and learn more about about your ministry? Um, yeah, so we, we do have a website, uh, needs a little bit of update, uh, to be updated. Um, it's at, uh, the bottom line.org and you spell our last name B O N H A M, or you can look us up on the mtw.org website. Um, yeah, you can find us in those two places to, to find out more information. The bottom line, you're mm-hmm. creative as well as spontaneous. <laughs> that, that was all Nikki. That was all Nikki. So. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, please tell Nikki and the kids just how much we love them. Uh, we already miss you guys. And thank you for being on the podcast today. So Absolutely. just for a chance for people to get to know you and Nikki a little bit better. And um, those of you in the audience, be praying for Nate and Nikki Bonham in Medellin, Colombia. Mm-hmm. Good to be with you, Nate. Thank you. Thanks, Joseph. I appreciate you uh, having me for this podcast. All right. All right. Take care. Welcome to the third section of the podcast, Joseph's Pocket Full of Vision. This should be helpful to your prayer life and just your life. It's gratitude. And let's just look at two Gs, gospel and gifts. Just focus on what God has done for you in translating you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, from bringing you as one who is an an orphan into his very own family. Let's think about the meaning of God's grace and how beautiful it is, how eternal it is, and how daily his unconditional love is. But then let's also think of gifts, literally. Think about all the things that God has given you in the way of relationships, but also in his bountiful supply of what you need for life and to grow as a person. Gospel and gifts. Two G's of gratitude. That's your pocket full of vision.